You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf. This is episode number 59, which is a very special number here in the golf world. And I'm your host, Matt Cook. We've got our other host here, Mr. Bobby Brown, PGA Tour caddy, and the gentleman who just broke the streak. So we'll talk about well, that coming up here. But Bobby, we got a great show. Yeah. We're going to talk about the streak and how that is now over. Mm-hmm. We're going to clue in the new audience members to that as well, since I know we've got new audience members coming in almost on a weekly basis now, which is pretty sweet. And then we've got the Zurich Classic that we're going to recap real quick, uh, which was the team event on the PGA Tour. We've got the Mexico Open coming up at Vedanta, and we'll be talking a little bit about that, getting some penny bets going. And then we've got the big one, the big old Live Golf Adelaide and... I hate to say it, Bobby, but it was fire. It was, it was fire I mean, out there. It was. It's Australia, man. They're starved. They're starved they for, for great sports. Of course, this thing was going to blow over huge. They like they had to love it. I, I you know, I loved it. I, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about <laughs> it. Over, it went, went over huge. Yeah, we'll talk about it later. But it went over huge. It was a huge success for him. The biggest success that they've had. It's not even close to what would be second to that. But we'll talk about it a little later. But they did. Congratulations to Australia. They made, they made, they put live a little bit more back on the map for the they time. They definitely did. I yeah. mean, it, I, this could be the cornerstone that really yeah. takes the turn for yeah. them. Now let's talk a little bit about your situation and how oh, the yeah. streak is over. Give us a little bit yeah. of context as to well, what's been going on. Like we suck. I mean, we've really sucked for since um, Sony, for those of you who don't know, because Matt is such a nice guy. He stopped talking about all of these missed cuts about four or five tournaments ago, but Bobby didn't even uh, ask me by the way, everybody, we, we missed nine cuts in a row. Okay. I've never, uh, I've never been involved in anything like that. When you miss a cut, sometimes you're like, yeah, we got next week. Right. And then you, and then you miss two cuts in a row. I think I've been involved I was trying to think about this. I don't think I've ever had a guy that's missed maybe three, maybe four cuts in a row. But here I'm standing next to a guy who missed nine cuts in a row. And that's all the context you need. But I I will say I will say this. He, you know, he always kept his attitude up. You know, he never, you know, you lose confidence when you start when things start happening bad. Right. Absolutely. You lose confidence and everybody wants to give you advice. The coach wants to give you advice. Um, family members want to give you advice and that kind of stuff. And it's like, you just want to tell everybody to shut the fuck up and let Troy go play golf. And when it happens, it happens. And it happened last week. We made the cut last week. Yeah, it was a team event, but you still make the cut. It stands it stands as a made cut. But man, I will tell you, I was thinking, I was thinking today about it because I knew we were going to talk about it on the show. Thank God. Um, and I was thinking, God, if he doesn't, you, you know, I could go back to the, I could go back to the players. If he doesn't, if he doesn't go after that, that flag on seven, like we talked about, we end up missing that cut by a shot. Right. And then we, we missed the cut by a shot at San Antonio. Right. When we opened up with a pretty good round, the first round, and then, you know, and then he starts making bogeys and and there goes the confidence. Right. And, and then, and there's pressure to make cuts when you miss a ton of cuts in a row. And then, you know, Hilton head, we missed the cut by a shot after, you know, our, our 17th hole, our 35th hole, we hit one 
you know, 40 yards out of bounds and you miss the cup by a shot right there. So there's little bits and pieces in those three tournaments that I take as a caddy. I'm like, well, he, he, uh, uh, let me not bullshit you. He's nowhere close to where he was last year when he was missed six or seven cuts for the whole year and finished, you know, made it through the second playoff event. And, and as you know, had legitimate three chances to win last year, almost, almost four, but you know, I have my theories of what's going wrong. Obviously I still feel like something is, is broken in his swing. The rhythm's off something wrong no one seems to ooh, sketchy thin ice right here that i'm getting on but nobody seems to be able to fix it i don't want to mention any names but nobody can seem to fix it so he's just going to play his way out of it and and we played our way out of it last week thank god we had robert streb as a partner i will tell you that much for all of you that don't know robert streb and troy merritt are attached to the hip they're best friends we play all our practice rounds together on tuesdays for the last uh year and a half well we got off to a great start on Thursday, shot 10 under. They started making birdies right off the bat. Troy was making some birdies. Troy was making putts. We made a big equipment change um, last week. We went to a Scotty Cameron prototype. Let me see if I can say it right. 1.55. It's kind of that mallet one, black mallet one, Mac, that, that kind of has the, ooh, I hope the Scotty Cameron reps don't hear this, but it has those kind of the two prongs sticking out the yeah. back of you. I don't, I don't even know oh, how yeah. to. I've got but, one of those. You know, he would be he he's been complaining all year. It's the putting, it's the putting. But but to me, as the guy who's standing next to him, it's the T, it's the T to green game that I think has been that has been way off. He's had a wicked right miss with irons that I've talked to you about numerous times that needs to be fixed. Uh he's got a two-way miss off the two-way two-way miss off of the T. And the reason why guys would think that it's the putting is probably because when you're not when because it puts pressure on your putting right especially to a guy who's known out here on tour up until the last year as one of the best putters on tour and it puts pressure on there and and on him and you know his he felt like those old putters he was using his stroke was getting real wavy it wasn't too stable and I've thrown in my two cents worth here and there, but I got to pick and choose my spots to not overstep my boundaries. I don't know why I'm so worried about that 18 months later, but that's part of a caddy life, to be honest with you. And this new Scotty, you know, he made some putts. That's all I'm going to say. He didn't look as sharp as he looked last year. Um, we shot 10 under the first day. We didn't get off to a great start the second day. It's funny. The cut was 10 under, 10 fucking under, which it's usually about seven, seven under, seven or eight under. It goes to show you how good these guys are because that alternate shot format is fucking stressful. You know, somebody could hit someone sideways and you can get out of position at any moment. And then all of a sudden you're just trying to figure out how you're going to get a putt for par. And if you get out of there with bogey, it's not quite devastating in the alternate shot. So I think we were 10 under the first day. We got to three under, we got to 13 under, and I think we bogeyed the we, we bogeyed one of the last holes on Friday. Saturday, Streb went Yahtzee. I think Streb weighed seven birdies on his own. Troy only cut him twice. Uh, Troy made one birdie all day long, which was a disappointing. But when Streb, your partner's making that many birdies, it's no big deal. But Troy did make a nice par save on one hole to keep the momentum going. And then uh, we came out on so geez, man, we came out on Sunday and you could tell right off the bat on the first hole that they they did not put any water on those greens. The wind must have been blowing all night because they, it was, they were different greens that we played on. And we got the big boy pairing of Xander and Patrick Cantlay. So you can figure we, we, we all the, it's, it felt like 90% of the people and hats off to New Orleans. This course that we play TPC Louisiana um, is kind of not downtown it's in a little place called West Wago I guess or Avondale Never or Metairie. it's kind of these and it's not 
you know, fuck, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. It's not in the greatest area. It's just a golf course kind of in a not great area. So, uh, well, I'll tell you, we, we made a nice birdie right off the bat on, on, excuse me, made a nice par right off the bat on number one, Cantlay and Xander birdied number one on number two is a, is a pretty sketchy par five when, and, uh, and alternate shot. Um, we hit one up there, you know, about 10 yards short of the green on this par five on a back right pin when you think they're going to get it right. It's an 80 or 90% birdie. Streb chips it off the green, took a big hop, chips it off the green. We make bogey. Cantley, Cantley had about 40 feet for Eagle, and he almost putted it off the green. And it's funny, right at that moment, I, I heard him say to Xander, he goes, these greens are a lot faster, I'm just telling you right now, than they were yesterday. So um, we got we made bogey there, and we got to number three, and Troy gets up, and there's the right miss on three, and he rinses it. I mean, doesn't even cross land hardly right into the water. We make double bogey. We're three over. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm not even talking. I'm in, I'm just in, I'm not surprised. Cause I expected some kind of drama at, at some point, you know, and when you're playing with those two big, when the, with those two big players, you just don't want to embarrass yourself. If, if anything, you know, they are, they're the cream of the crop. And I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there was numerous times that those guys hit shots and I was standing next to Streb and Streb looked at me and he goes, God, I just want to hit a fucking golf ball. I want to hit a golf <laughs> shot like that because those two guys are so, they're just, there's a reason why they're top. What are they? Number six and number seven in the world or something like that. So they're the reason they're the, the, the cream of the crop out there. It was, you know, it was one of those days where you get off to a bad start and somehow these guys dug deep. They fought it back. They ended up shooting even par. We finished 13th. We got some points. The got points in the money, points. Bobby. Got yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to have money get deposited into my account tomorrow. I can't wait. It's going to be a happy. It's going to be a happy day because it's been a while. I mean, obviously, I get paid for a weekly, you know, and that kind of stuff. But that bit. That, yeah. Breaks you even plus a little bit. On the dollar. Yeah, it's pennies on the. It really is pennies on the dollar. So it's nice to get a check, but more importantly, it's nice to get some points. And you know, obviously, it's all about being in the top fifty or the top seventy for next year. And we got a long way to go, but at least we're not like one forty now. We slipped inside the the top one twenty five. Hey, we obviously, go. yeah, we're obviously not playing Mexico next week. We're taking the week off, and then we're going to get ready for Charlotte and um, Dallas, the Byron Nelson, two pretty good tournaments. Um, back to back after that. So we're moving in the right direction, Matt. You know, I don't really, you know, I don't really have any high hopes for Charlotte. He hasn't played there in a few years. I've been there a bunch of times and, you know, we're just going to see how it goes. We're, we're just going to stay patient and, and see how it goes. I could really tell you what I think, but I don't want to get fired. So we'll just leave it at that. I need to carry Touché. it back. Touché. I need to carry it back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the Zurich Classic here. Yeah. With Davis Riley and Nick wow. Hardy winning it all. Now, if you're Lance Bennett and you're on Sanjay's yeah. bag, are you a yeah. little jelly that uh, no, Davis well, Riley got that win? Well, I don't think so because according to my calculations, because I was the middleman on that deal, according to my calculations, I don't think Lance Bennett has done four or five tournaments. And I'm I'm guessing he's banked somewhere around 160 to 180 grand. So all's good with Lance. I talk to Lance yeah. all the time super happy i mean they didn't have the greatest <clears throat> they didn't have the greatest sunday he did lance did tell me that sung carried mitchell the whole week that sung was just playing out of his mind he's swinging fantastic obviously they finished sixth 
Um, he finished sixth, I think, in Hilton Head before that. I think Lance is, I don't think Lance has been outside the top 20 with him. But it's funny, that's the first thing I thought was was Lance was like, because it's a big thing, you know, Davis, Davis winning, you know, and Nick Hardy winning, who's a fantastic player himself, who has one of my best friends on his bag, Jeff King. And Jeff King has been catting forever on the LPGA tour. He's broke out of this tour about four or five years ago. He actually did some time with Sung J2 on the on the corn ferry tour before vanish came back in interesting and so it big things happen you're exempt for two years you get 400 points fuck you're going to maui you're in as a winner you're in all the designated events um next year which there's eight of them and that's automatic you know they're talking about possibly tiger and some of the big guys are talking about maybe tweaking those designated events last next year so there is a cut these guys want to cut even in a 60 man field they want to cut they don't want everybody to just play all the way through so there's talks about them making a cut if there's not a cut these guys are going to make big money in a 20 or 25 million dollar per so a, a lot of things go with winning can i give myself a little shout out did i not tell you last week that i saw mark blackburn working with davis riley on the range and and i talked to james edmondson davis is davis's caddy and he was really there for the driver to put the driver in play and he was kind of talking about how john rom just kind of curves it and it's all about hitting a fairway finder out here so i don't know if that like kicked into gear or anything like that but I, i i sure don't think that mark blackburn Heard him, but I just think it's a coincidence that I noticed something. It's not a coincidence. I know something like that. And the, the kid steps up and wins. And, and, you know, I've been, we've been raving about Davis Riley since we started this show, you know, he's a sweet swinger of the golf club. He runs super hot on the golf course. Um, I think he's starting to tone it down a little bit. Um, he's working with Steven Sweeney, who is like the putting guru out here is the hot putting guru. So he's got a good team behind him. James Edmondson, I think is, been on the bag for Ryan Palmer, maybe won this tournament once or twice before that. We won it once with John Ram. I want to say he might have won it with Spieth, but I could be wrong about that. But, you know, it was it was great for them to win 30 under. I don't think the score, I don't think previous scores had, had been any better than 22 or 23. So they shattered that record, absolutely shattered that record. The Canadians finished second, Adam Hadwin yeah. and Nick Taylor. I was going crazy when I was looking at the board because these guys were, I think they made seven birdies in a row in alternate shot. Holy shit. Yeah, that's, that's alternate deep. shot. Can you imagine that? Nobody's missing a shot. Nobody's missing a putt for seven holes in a row. And I think they shot nine under on Sunday. They got beat a couple. They finished 28 under, but, and I don't think they birdied 18 or, or either. So they could, they technically could have been, well, they were, they still would have got beat a shot, but you know, that's, that's good playing. You can run by a lot of guys. That's really alternate good playing an alternate yeah. shot. I mean, are you kidding honestly, me? Three or four under is good in alternate shot. It's really good in alternate shot. Um, it's very rare you've seen a, a nine, although we did see one on Friday out of Cantley and and Xander. Um, I thought I was going to clip you because we have our little Wyndham Clark, Cameron Young. Oh, you uh, had me scared. I thought we were. I thought they were going to win because I knew. I, I did I think too. I think this Wyndham Clark is, and you obviously I made that bet because I, he's just trending, you know, you can just see he's getting better and better. I'm watching him as, as he practices and that kind of stuff. And he's super duper focused. They had a nice week, him and Bo Hostler. I think they had a chance to put the squeeze on him. And on 16, they moved the tees up, which is they make it kind of drivable. Maybe one or two guys can knock it on with the right bounce on that grass. But I think Bo Hostler hit a tee shot in the water. They made bogey and that was all she wrote. But, you know, the third place finish, Taylor Moore and his Taylor Moore, another good week for him and Matt Neesmith. They finished fourth. Xander and Cantley did not do anything special. And they and they finished at 26 under. I mean, I'm watching these guys and I'm just in 
It's exciting for me, even though I had a bad day, it's exciting for me to caddy in front of all of those people. I'm not saying it from, from a cockiness standpoint, but that's as a caddy, that's what you live for. You know what I mean? You want to be in that group. You want to be in that pairing. And, and uh, there, there's a reason why I say that Troy Merritt's better than those guys three weeks out of the year, because these guys are fucking phenomenal. And they didn't drive it that good. Xander had the lefts going early. Canley Worsley wasn't making any pots to tell you the truth. And they had a chance you know, they made a bogey and they made a couple pars when it looked like, you know, from six feet. And they, I really thought that they were going to, they, I thought they were going to win that thing. And they didn't get off to the greatest of starts, but they just hung in there and they never got frustrated. And obviously it's a little more loosey goosey when you have a, a partner, right? But can I tell you one thing that I did notice about Cantley with all the shit that's been going on around around about his slow play? I want I want to make two statements right now. Number one, Cantley's always been slow, and he's he's just that's the way he's been. But but all these people ripping on Cantley, they have to remember. It, his group has never been out of position, right? They right. were talking about Ram and Kepka talking shit or kept more Kepka talking shit. Yeah. I don't think John Rahm would be the one to really talk shit. But you remember, they were never out of position at the ma- at the Masters. They were waiting on shots too. But my point is, is I saw Cantley went to a new routine. Um, and I don't know if it's just because of the team thing, but he wasn't taking half the time over his shots that he was. He was kind of like stepping in and giving it a couple waggles and he was good to go. Um, it even seemed like his putting sped up, his putting routine sped up a little bit. So maybe he's made a, he's making a conscious effort to get, you know, to get people off of his back. But I guess one of the points I want to make is when all these people, these average golfers on social media are like, oh, you can't, it's like watching paint dry or he's so fucking slow and that kind of stuff. Well, you're you're never going to be timed if you're not out of position, right? Because if you get out of position on the PGA Tour and an official is on you immediately and he's waiting for you walking off the team, he goes, you guys are all behind. You need, we're either going to get, we're going to give you a warning or catch up. And if you don't catch up within a hole, then they're going to start timing you and put you on the clock. And then of course, when you get timed, everybody gets you know, everybody speeds up because nobody wants to get fined or they don't really penalize anybody anymore to tell you the truth. But these guys got to understand these, these average golfers is these guys are paying, let's just say 7,300 yard golf courses. Right. And they're playing for $3.6 million. <laughs> Who the fuck is not going to take their time in those situations? We see it week after week. I mean, nobody ever complained when Dustin Johnson and Austin Johnson took forever to read putts at the tour championship or this major or that major. It just goes with the territory. Your focus level goes up and you want to make sure that you're committed and you're making the right decision to win a $20 million tournament or whatever tournament it is. So I'm out of breath talking wow. about yeah, wow. I, I didn't expect you to go in on uh, well, protecting and defending Cantley. I mean, you I think the one that got him actually thinking about it was at RBC Heritage because it wasn't the Masters deal. RBC, he had some issues. Fans were starting to get on him a bit. Yeah. And then Fitzpatrick was the one after that round yeah. that was yeah. like this slow play. We need to do something about it because, and he was directly talking about Cantlay. So well, I think that one was kind of an eye yeah. opener for him. And I think it's good for him. You should always be trying to improve your pre-shot routine yeah. Yeah. and trying to speed up a little bit. And, you know, when it comes to reading greens and so forth, you got to do a lot of that while others are yeah. getting ready for their putts and putting before you. So he hits you know, it close enough. 
I, I'm going to tell you that I was paired with when well, I was working for Kyle Stanley in 2011 when Cantley got his first spot coming out of of college at Hartford, and he was he was slow then. You you know what I mean? It was the same routine. Nothing, you know, as his career blossomed, never nothing ever changed. And of course, I love Fitz to death, but of course, a fast player like Fitz is going to say that too, right? Because they want everything to play into their hand. And they're sure. almost got a time with Cantley where I've been paired with him enough times where I'm like. Is this gamesmanship on a uh, on a Saturday or a Sunday? Is this a little bit of gamesmanship? But the more you get paired with him, the more you realize, no, this is just who he is, and that's his process. And it's never, it's never really bothered me. Per- not that I'm anybody, but it's never really bothered bothered me personally, or it's never really bothered a player that I've been with that's been paired with him while he's going through his routine and his slowness, so to speak. So, you know, th- that's, that's for True. all the trolls out there that are playing 6,400 yard golf courses on our Saturday and Sunday and get behind a bunch of chops or something. And they're like, Oh yeah. Can you speed up and that kind of stuff? It's a little different, you know, at this level. For for sure. it's, There's it's also, a- I mean, the one, um, on Instagram that was going around the video of him. That was from a couple of years back. Remember when he went through and was having some issues pulling the trigger and yeah. had the million waggles going, yeah. he fixed yeah. that though. So like, yeah, that's not a part of the recent trend of what's been going on. He's just very yeah. methodical. And I think yeah. he's he gotten is. trapped with some fast golfers. Obviously Kepka is a very fast golfer, Rom's fast golfer. And then you've got Fitzpatrick that played with him the following week. And that stuff starts to play with your head a little bit. So I can understand yeah. how, you know, he didn't have the best week um, out there at the Zurich Classic, but it sounds like he's working on it, trying to speed up just a little bit so that it doesn't become as big of an issue. The other one I want to touch on that you brought up was about Wyndham Clark. Man, yeah. does he look, he looks good, Bobby. Yeah, now, he does. not only that, but if he could fix that 75 and in range, yeah, he'd be lights out. I mean, yeah. that's where he really struggles is with some of those shorter touch shots. Yeah. And even the short game around the greens a little bit, he struggles a bit, but his swing looks so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. It's, he, it's unreal. He's, I've, I've been raving about him for a while now. You know, I'm surprised he hasn't won yet, but let's just hope we, let's keep our fingers crossed. He wins before your boy Cameron Young. Cameron Young. That's what well, I really let's talk a little bit about uh, our penny bet there, which uh, yeah, you had me scared on multiple levels, because right. as everybody knows, if you missed the episode, Bobby and I have a year long penny bet for a thousand pennies that I have Cam Young and Bobby has Wyndham Clark. Whoever wins first on the PGA yeah. Tour is going yeah. to obviously win the bet. And then yeah. we normally on a weekly basis have our penny bets, which are always a thousand pennies back and forth. And on this one in particular, I had Keith Mitchell and Sungjae. Right. You had C- you had the Kim brothers. <laughs> I did. I did. Siwoo had- Kim, they're not really brothers. And Tom no. Kim, which were right there. So Keith Mitchell and Sungjae finish in sixth. And then yeah. you had Siwoo and Tom Kim finishing T7. So you were right behind me. I was nervous that entire time with both of those bets. So I get the thousand there, but hang on a second. We Yeah. We decided to do that. You talked me into it. I did. You you actually baited me on that one, which was good. Um, And you end up winning because DJ Trahan and Chad Collins missed the cut and finished at uh, five under, which normally that would get you a cut, but not there at the Zurich classic when you're playing in uh, teams. And yeah. then I had Sung Moon Bay and Sung Kang 
who yeah. uh, they fought hard on their own trying to lose it all, yeah. but yeah. Uh, they played too well and they missed the cut at uh, minus seven. So, well, even though, even though you could say I baited you, you did take the team that I would have taken because I was going to jump all over Kang and saying Moonbay to be, to, to, to be the, the worst team in our bet because I was a solid paired, pick. Yeah. I was paired there with Kang last year. And I told you he's ever since George Gankus came into his life, he fucking can't drive it on the map. He's a mental wreck out there. He's talking to himself constantly. He looks like he wants to jump off the empire state building at any given moment. So I did, I did bait you, but I didn't really bait you, but, but, um, uh, but I won that one. So we actually, Broke big Gankus fan over there in Charleston. He's a tool. <laughs> Sorry, man. He's such a tool. You don't reinvent. You don't reinvent golf swings. I mean, you don't reinvent golf swings. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So we like break it. even at the Zurich. So we break even on that. Yeah, we break, break even on that one. And you shouldn't have been nervous on the Sung J Mitchell bet because you had a four or five shot lead. Pretty much all week, really. I did, but then it, it got tight there towards the end. Did it? I didn't know if it got tied or not. I wasn't really paying attention to them. I was trying to get the horse, the horsies to the barn for a top, top 13. Finish. Oh, I can't remember if it, like, I want to say that it was only a shot difference between the two. Was it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's well, where it shit. I'm going to go. It's funny. I drove in with Manny Vajegas on Sunday to the golf course and he's obviously Siwoo's caddy and they had bogeyed 18 on Saturday and we were talking, was talking about the bogey and he was telling me, so of course Siwoo, it's a par five, you know, and Siwoo was hitting driver off the deck and, and it was a pin that we actually hit driver. Troy actually hit driver off the deck on Saturday too, but you can blow it out way left of the green and set yourself up on a little 20 or 25 yard chip, you know, straight across the green. That's not, that's not too tough. And Manny had me cracking up because he's like, bro, I was fucking telling him just fucking hit it left. He goes all this time. I'm telling him to hit it left. I know he's going, I'm right, going right fucking at it. I'm going right at it. And if you rinse one there with a fairway wood or with a driver, the way the corner cuts out in the layup zone, you're dropping way back. So they fucking, if they would have made birdie there, we would have, you would have tied, but we don't actually know. You wouldn't have tied. You would have, you would have won by one. Well, 23, they finished because they bogeyed that, right? Instead of birdie, bogeyed that. That would have put them at that would have, if they birdied, that would have put in that 25 under. And Sungjae Mitchell finished at 25 under. So we would have tied. Okay. We would have tied. Gotcha. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the difference. What else you got? So let's talk about the upcoming Mexico Open at Fedante. Yeah. Never been there. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Vallarta is one of the only, or Vallarta is the only um, Mexico spot I really haven't been other than, well, I guess Mexico City too. Those okay. are the two spots, but I've been pretty much everywhere else in Mexico. I'm a big Mexico fan. So when it comes to this tournament, you know, we kind of have to look at the field analysis here. And yeah. I mean, you tell me, I mean, is this a strong field this week coming up in Mexico? I mean, it's got John Ram. It's got, it's got John Ram and defending champ and it's got Tony now and who else is playing <laughs> are there other guys playing no there are all I those mean, multi-millionaires but i know there's other guys playing but those are the big no it's those not are the big, big guys you know we didn't get world rankings last week but if you would have put if uh there's a guy on twitter nosferato do you know this name no he, he's this world ranking expert he can figure out world rankings and tell you where everybody's going to be based on their finish he's like some mathematical genius and i was reading on his twitter that the that that was a strong field. That was actually a pretty strong field. I know Liv took all the highlights with their great Aussie tournament, but that was a strong field. It would have got 44 points um, available on the world ranking, which is pretty damn good. We're, we're yeah. above 
Yeah. And I think I was reading this morning that this field is going to have 29 or 30 points somewhere around there. So that should tell you something. But I did do a little recon with some caddies that have mm. been there and are going there. And they tell me it is a Obviously, John won last year, so I don't need to tell you that it is a bomber's paradise. That's what everybody says. It is long. It is past Palom. The fairways don't move much. The greens are wicked fast, so you have to do some thinking around the greens. So, you know, um, it's a two-horse race to me. I'm telling you right you now. So? It's a two-horse race. I think it's those two guys. Tony Finau comes off some some time off. I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to... Man, I should have done my homework on this. I'm pretty good <laughs> on doing homework. I don't know if he played there last year, but we know he's we do know he struggles at Mayakoba, right? Which is a little bit more, little tighter, but it is the same grass past Palum. So, I mean, is this your segue into baiting me on who I'm going to pick? In the, well, in the guess who gets contest? to pick first because I won the individual match. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Slow down. You can't be making up rules like this. What if, what if what we just, talking about? What, what, if we, what if we just fast forwarded? And said that, uh, and got before live and said that I swept you on live, and I actually won three out of four. <laughs> Shouldn't I pick first? No, because it's I've whittled you down. Whoever wins that individual bet okay. ends right. up getting to pick first. Well, I know who you're going to pick. That bet, I'm going John Rom. <laughs> oh, of course you are. I'm going Tony V now. <laughs> Perfect. Whoa. I'm surprised you didn't go with your boy Wyndham, but I guess that would be doubling down. Oh my God! I didn't even think about that. No, I'm going to take. And it's would, a bomber's course. Oh, yeah, and he that is would a, be interesting. He's a super bomber, but I'm going to go with you know as much as I love Wyndham Clark. I mean, Tony Finau is Tony Finau, so yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Tony Finau. He, he cuts it. Both him and Rom caught it a little bit. I heard that's very apropos for that golf course. So we got the big, we got the first and second favorite going head and head for that. Love that. We could Absolutely we could do the last place it. bet, but once again, it would be Absolutely worth it. Not. Yeah. I, don't know <laughs> I am done with these last place bets. Oh no, we got live golf this week. We're going right back at it. <laughs> we do not have live golf this week. Yeah, they're in Singapore this week. They go right. Are they Singapore. really? They're right back yeah. at it. Oh, I was expecting a week off. Oh, I'm supposed That's to be the live golf expert. For the show, these poor son of a bitches go from live where they sell out and they have 70 to 90,000 beer chugging. Crazy Aussies. No, no talking bad about it yet. We, no. okay, okay. we, we got to break this up into two different segments. <laughs> so that's our upcoming Mexico. But we, we crushed our penny bets. I've got John Rom. You've got Tony Finau. Basically the two top guys that are going to be playing in it. I went through the field as we were talking there and just kind of looked over everything. And Wyndham Clark is the only other one that really stands out. That probably has a chance out there. Yeah. Um, and then otherwise a surprising like rookie, like Akshay Batia or something like that would be yeah. an interesting one. But who knows? Uh, I mean, you never yeah. know when you're going out to Mexico and seeing the conditions and so forth. It should be fun. Yeah. I'll well, give our gamblers. I'll give our gamblers a little value for the dollar on do. the top do. twenty or top twenty-five. Nobody fall off their chairs when I throw this name at you. But Grayson Murray played really good there last year. He made the cut with Wesley Bryan um, last week. I know he is enjoying uh, temporary sobriety. I don't know how to say it, but I know he stayed out of the casino oh, so in New Orleans last week. Um, I know. I know he was the first one at the golf course this morning. I know he is a workaholic when he is sober. So I, I look for Grayson Murray to have a good showing. I think he finished 16th there last year. So any of you $2 betters or something like that, looking for a long shot, a little horsey to top 25 or something like that, give throw a couple bucks on Grayson Murray. 
Guess I might even follow that. that yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. All right. Let's talk about what what is behind me right here, which was the 12th yeah. hole. And yeah. Live Golf Adelaide was absolute fire, Bobby. Fire. So we're going to start off with the good. This is going to be, so if you are a Live Golf fan, you are you love Live Golf, this is the section that you want to listen to. And I will warn you as soon as we turn the corner here and uh, maybe put on some earmuffs for the uh, second part of this. But let's talk a little bit about the good because I know you were watching it. I watched it intently over the three days that it was on because it was 7 o'clock out here when it was coming on in Arizona, which was really nice to uh, have kind of some primetime golf. I had a lot of action going on because I had the Knicks playing. I had the Rangers playing. I'm a New York guy. So all the yeah. New York teams were on the Yankees. At one point, my, my wife, Alyssa was looking at me going, how many freaking sports games do you have on? How can you pay attention? I and sure enough, I still had one of the screens was dedicated to live golf and Bobby it was fantastic. The golf course was in fantastic condition. Yeah. It played very fast and very firm. It was really which, short too, right? It was really hard. short, which they set it I up mean, like that on purpose. For they sure. absolutely did. They wanted yeah. this to be, you know, birdies everywhere, really low scores. You could tell that because everybody was hitting wedges into these par fours and even the par fives, everybody was hitting irons into the par fives. Yeah. Nobody yeah, and had that, to. That, that hole behind you is a wedge, isn't it? And the, it, it, I think that's they a They moved it way up on the final yeah. day to where it yeah. was a wedge. It was a nine iron to start with. And they kind of each day they moved that's it true. up. Yeah. yeah. So. And I it, saw another hole sense. on the front side was a buck 24 or a buck 26 or something like that. That was the shorty. That was that was good strategy on their part to to obviously see a boatload of birdies, I would imagine, and and make it that way and bring the field together, you know, and you know it's the field. It was kind of cool because Greg Norman won his first ever pro tournament out at that golf course. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. No, I didn't, no, he, I didn't uh, know that. And he finished in a very similar way as the uh, individual winner, Taylor Gooch, did, which yeah. was he finished, I think he went 65, 64, 65 or something like that, and then 74 on the final day. Well, Taylor Gooch kind of did the same thing, and he right. absolutely dominated after two days. He had a 10-shot lead, so he was 20 under after two days and he ends up hanging on for a three shot victory, which was yeah. kind of interesting to see how much he had in terms of nerves going into that final day. You and I talk ugly. about it all the time. It was, when it was ugly. It was, it was terribly ugly, but you and yeah. I talk about it all the time to where if you have a really big lead, yeah. it is, uh, it's tough to bring your a game. Yeah, but 10, 10 shots. I'm going to back up a little bit because I told you before the show, you know, I know you watched it all three days. I was, I, I told you I was pretty sick with last week with like I had cold and allergies. I couldn't sleep on Saturday night. So I'm like, what's going to put me to sleep? So I put on live and I watched about five minutes and it put me fucking, it put me right to sleep. Too many screens going, too many leaderboards. And it just nodded me out. But I did watch, uh, I did turn it on when it started on Sunday for sure. So, uh, you know, I, listen, when we talk about big leads for us, we're talking about five shot leads or six shot leads, right? But a 10 shot lead, you pretty much you think, would think fucking over, yeah. but I sensed it right off the bat. I'm like, this motherfucker is on his heels. Mal was in there caddying up a storm. You could hear everything he was saying, trying to keep his man in there and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, man, apparently 10 shot leads are tough too, because there were guys <laughs> running at him and they were running at him quick. Well, the thing that does hurt a little bit is that the range goats had a large team lead after the two days as well, obviously having Taylor Gooch running away with the individual side. And he, as he struggled for the individual, 
the team started to drop back a little bit, brought in some others. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the bad part of live golf Adelaide. But, uh, as Taylor Gooch ends up winning it by three, the range yeah. goats finish second, the four aces, they proved that they are not going anywhere. They struggled no. in the first couple of events for live golf this year. And they were right back in it. And sure enough, man, did they have some big performances by every single guy on there? All four of their yeah. individual players finish in the top 10. They're the best well-rounded team by far. Um, obviously they've yeah, got one wink link, but uh, when you're playing yeah. a golf course like that, I mean, yeah. it certainly plays into his hand. And so yeah. um, that being said, the Patrick Reed and PP, we like to refer to him as uh finished tied for third. Yeah. 15 uh, so that's yeah. uh, that worked out yeah. well for them. And then we had you line at T seven and actually DJ finished yeah. the worst out of the four uh, for 10th. Yeah. 10th, right? He was 13 under. It's funny. I There was a live cat. Um, uh, a friend of mine named Kyle Bradley's Hud Sw- Hudson Swafford's um, caddy on live and, 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 and Hud is hurt. He's not playing on live right now, but we were talking about why a guy like Perez couldn't pop a grape last year. And it's for all of these people that think that Perez is playing, playing great. Yeah. He's cashing big checks. He had a great week last week and that kind of stuff. But you can't be playing too great if your season standings are 15th, right? He's 15th with 31 points on the standings. So that should tell you something. But Kyle told me the difference is, is those courses that they played early last year are big boy golf courses, yeah. you know, 73, 74, 75, 7,600 yards. That's going to bring DJ and Stenson and Uline. That's going to bring those big hitters in, into play. And Perez can, can't sniff 35th or better, it seemed like. So hopefully they'll get back to those those bigger, those they're um, going to, because they got ball, some of the same park. tracks. Yeah. When they up. get back to the States, when they get back to the States, they'll get back to those. And you'll see probably DJ starting to show a little bit of form, but talking about the, these, these season standings, even though it seems like the four aces really, even with the W last week, you would say they weren't playing that good. Do you know, they have a commanding lead in this thing. They have like 96 points in this, the season standings. And I think the second best would be the torque. I don't even know who the fuck is on the torque. <laughs> They're at 52 points with the stinger, whoever the stingers are too. And they're at 52 points. And then the individual season standings are Peter Uline, I think is in front at 65 points. Obviously Charles Howell is playing phenomenally. Didn't play great last week. He's 57 points. Taylor Gooch throws up the W he's 52 points. Um, fat ass is 15th. That's playing good for him. That's 31 points. DJ 17 at 29 points. And listen to here. Lefty played great at the Masters. We all know that, right? He has all the knowledge, 20-some years there, has every has had every pot 100 million times at Augusta. Three points for Lefty right now. Three points mm. in the season you standing. You hate to say that'll it. Get you, that'll get you 39th. And the ex guy that thinks he's the smartest guy in the world that barely made it through college, Bryson, is got a whopping four points at 38th. So, that wraps up Bobby's Brown shit session on those guys. <laughs> no, we, we, we're not even oh, to the bad yet. Guys. This is the good just part. This is okay, the good go. part. Okay. Uh, but the Aussie fans deserve a huge round yes. of applause. It was electric out there. It yeah. was exciting. And I do have to give a shout out. I mean, we've shit on him in the past, but man, Chase Kepka with his hole in one on the yeah. 12th hole and his celebration might yeah. be the best celebration yeah, I've was, seen. A shot. 
a shot he'll remember for his life for his lifetime that's for sure i mean this was i'm I'm not gonna say for all you pro-live people i'm not anti-live anymore but you can't compare apples and oranges that was by far the greatest exhibition golf tournament i have ever seen in my life and i've seen 16 of them now it wasn't even close that is the great because that kind of shit yeah we do have the waste management and and that kind of stuff but you know this is just the the partying afterwards and that kind of stuff with the players and Poulter and all these guys getting on film slugging cocktails after a tournament round i mean where does that happen only on an exhibition tour bobby it's the young people's golf I tour guess. you know what i mean it's it's I a guess. league it's not even a tour it's a league yeah it's a league so it's a you, league. you got the league and with that said so aussie fans fantastic work out there will, you guys were absolutely yeah. incredible i mean even the um on course ana- or analysis what the analyst on course yeah. analyst dom perion whatever his name is um he uh he was even saying he goes man i can't repeat what these guys are saying out here but man it is funny stuff that these aussies are yelling out to these players i mean it just sounded like a great time great party great yeah. event and yeah. it was packed i mean there was by far, this was their biggest event. Aussie fans have been absolutely neglected when it comes to yes. great sports and great sporting events. And I got to tip my hat off to uh, live golf and Greg Norman for doing a fantastic job of yeah. bringing them a great event. Because as we talked about, the course was set up really easy. There was going to be a ton of birdies out there. And then you also got to give it up for the hometown guy, Cam Smith being yeah. back in Australia. He and ended up t3 which he grinded his ass off all week bobby he is not in form at all but he was dropping bombs from 35 to 45 feet nonstop. i mean round one he shot a 71 then he went 65 65 and he was missing greens left and right i mean his driver was off he was hitting some of these big hooks and it was not pretty but overall Great stuff out there when it comes to Live Golf Adelaide. It was a huge success for them. And I'm saying it might be a cornerstone in this entire thing to where they start to gain some momentum. Now, yes, they're going to Singapore next, which is going to be this coming up weekend. Uh, I didn't even realize that it was coming up so fast. It's actually kind of exciting because I get into the lull where it's like, oh, there's an event. And then all of a sudden, oh, there's two weeks off. And then there's an event and it's like, you got to get yourself back up and excited, but now it's time for the bad, which if you're a diehard live golf fan, it's time for earmuffs. It's time for some earmuffs. Maybe you just turn off the podcast, maybe press pause and never come back to it. It's completely up to you, but now we're going to get into the bad. And by the way, now that we're into the bad, so stop listening now if you are a diehard live golf fan because, man, you guys are fucking soft. You guys are the softest fucking fans in the goddamn world. You guys get so irritated, like so sensitive. You're just like a Pat Perez out there, just sensitive sallies. And you hate to see it. You really hate to see it because, and it was funny because even Max Homa, called out these yeah, live I golf yeah. uh, guys and, and was like, Taylor Gooch is a great human being. He's a great yeah. father. I'm yeah. happy for him. He's like, so live golf guys, you know, yeah. have at it. Like, and then even Gooch chimed back in and, you know, it is one of those things to where you can't be so sensitive. 
yeah. with a new product, especially like it's not the end of the world. If somebody criticizes it, yeah. it ends up making the product better. And a lot of what we've done is provide feedback. And yeah. that's something to where it should be appreciated and looked upon as, wow, okay, we can make this better. We're going to have a better product. And I cannot stand how, you know, the only people that are still talking about the fact that uh, like comparing stuff to the PGA tour There's are no the live golf pundits. Like yeah. they're literally just sitting there comparing everything to the PGA tour. We don't fucking care if you no. like both great. Yeah, if you both. don't, and you like the PGA tour, you don't hear the guys that are watching the PGA tour talking so much shit on the live golf side, but man, those live golf guys, they want to talk so much shit. And it even came down with Richard Bland, which he had one too many cocktails. Oh, yeah. So cheers to that there, Richard him Bland and, and him and yeah. Eddie Pepperall really went back and forth and Eddie Pepperall fucking went with Hammered the haymaker it. and knocked yeah. him out I to where he had to apologize the next I time. I heard Yeah. I heard Bland apologize. I'm going to back up a second. You think Norman's smart enough to realize now that Aussie golf's where it's at and they should yeah. have probably three, at three least or four demands in different spots of Australia, because now they go to Singapore where, you know, they get 75,000 fans out there in Australia at Adelaide and they're going to over or under 750 fans <laughs> a day. I mean, I'm going to give hats off to these guys run and live. I mean, what other start one year startup can lose hundreds of millions of dollars and still be floating, right? True. These guys are That's still, what we've talked about floating. that ongoing. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be the big turnaround for him. Obviously, Augusta was huge for him. This was 10 times more huge for him. But they'll, like you said, they're definitely going to get more viewers for Singapore. But there's not going to be. This is like the top of the mountain. And now it's go, It's like probably going to the bottom of the mountain. It's probably going to be their least popular event, I would you know, I would imagine that. I mean, that's these are all my own personal opinions on on something like that. You know, so we'll see how it goes next week. That's for sure. Are you ready for this, Bobby? Yeah, tell the, me the part of the broadcast and oh, everything that goes on with it is that everything's over exaggerated. Oh, they sell. They're selling hard. It's, it's unbelievable. Cool. And I mean, I I've been a VP of sales for a company, and I'm sitting there going, Jesus Christ, can you guys just stop? Yeah. This is absolutely horrendous. They're saying. Everything is the greatest. Everything is amazing. This is the greatest fans that have ever existed on the face of the planet. We have more fans than the PGA tour. And then the worst part was when Norman comes on the broadcast and says, Oh, this that. course has the best conditions that I've ever seen in my entire life and my entire playing career. And he goes, and multiple players have told me the same thing that yeah. uh, even the players that played in Augusta last week said that uh, it's even better conditions than Augusta national at the masters. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you, do you oh, take wow. us to be fucking morons here? Yeah. And is- like, you can look like, just look at yeah. what you saw on TV at Augusta and how plush and green it was. And then look at the yellowish green, like, yeah, I'm sure that it was fast and it was well-groomed and everything, but just say it's in great condition. You don't have to say it's the yeah. greatest condition we've ever seen. I've ever seen in my entire playing career. Can you please just fucking stop that? I had to. So Friday and Saturday, I didn't listen. So after the, that comment, I couldn't listen. I, I muted oh, it. I, yeah. I turned it completely 
the volume completely off and just watch the action because I just couldn't deal with it. And they do that week in and week out. They're talking about how amazing this is and how fantastic and how perfect everything is. It's like, guys, you are blowing tons of money. Just be honest. Like the only thing that I heard was on Saturday, which was in the beginning of the broadcast. They actually said something that was real broadcasting, which was, man, we saw a lot of bad shots on the 12th hole yesterday. It's yeah. only a nine iron. Like yeah. that was the best thing that was said the entire time. It was yeah. horrible. I well, mean, what's I your mean, take on that? Well, I, I mean, the first thing I, I man, well, you know, criticize or not criticize, but it's still the worst. Other than Faraday, it's still the worst announcing team you could possibly put together. I mean, it's not the Asian. You don't like the uh, hang on a second. You don't like the announcer that uh, does uh, Ted Lasso because he's the soccer announcer in Ted Lasso. No. Which one is him? Remy Martin or what's his name? <laughs> Well, you said Dom's very own. <laughs> no, Dom's Dom's on course now. He got kicked out of the booth when uh, Faraday came in. Uh, oh. Hang on, I'm going to look it up while you're talking about it. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm just going to I'm going to tell you what what I noticed that Sunday is like a cup. I I heard this out of Jerry Fultz. Somebody made a putt for bogey for a bogey, right? And he goes, "That is a bogey putt. He is going to remember for the rest of his career." <laughs> I'm like, what the? Fuck is it's Arlo oh, White. Bogies. Arlo, Arlo White. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, the yeah. announcer in Ted Lasso. He's the soccer sure? announcer. Yeah, 100%. Oh, my favorite show. Yeah, I just yeah, fucking ruined your favorite show, didn't I? Are you sure? 100%. I saw him. I go, oh, my God, that's him. Wow, I did not know that. That's his real claim to fame because he don't know nothing about golf. It's official. And the two chick, I'm sorry, the long drive chick that went to Southern, that went to Southern. I like her. Don't no. I mean, don't. She's nice, but she's, she's fine. No, the other one drives me nuts. Sue yeah, Sue she Ann. Knows. She's uh, so Sue Ann. Let's go over to you, Sue Ann. Uh, 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 oh, this ball's going way right. Boom! It lands right in the middle of the fairway. You're like this chick is, you know. Drinking yeah, venom. yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I don't even want to say anything about that yeah. because that that's a rough one for me. Yeah. Um, now getting to the actual action. Yeah. The golf course was way too fucking easy, Bobby. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Like you're not fooling anybody who actually knows about golf. When all of a sudden you see these fast conditions, the ball's rolling 40 yards. You got wide fairways. You've got a 6,800 yard golf course. And Pat Perez is hitting fucking five irons into goddamn par fives. I mean, it's, I didn't see a lot of drivers off the tees from. I, you couldn't from, ball yeah, went too I far. Mean, they were driving a 377 yard par four. That, yeah, I guess not. I guess you couldn't have, be, you know, but I couldn't really. Um, Robert Streb's caddy, his name's Steve Catlin, our partner last week. He's from Adelaide and he was telling me it's actually, it's a good, it's a good track. It's a good track. You know what I mean? It's not over, it's not overbearing or anything like that. But I mean, let's be honest, Gooch was, I know he separated himself by 10 shots, but he 20 under after two days, obviously the man had it going and 19 under wins it after three days. You would have to think in a four-day tournament, 25 or 26 was probably going to win it somewhere around there if Gooch kept it going. So I wouldn't classify that as, like I said, it's probably good strategy on Norman's part, on whoever their setup team is, which I'm sure he's got his hands all over that, to, to make it a birdie fest for the Aussie fans. But, you know, I could I could tell you what I like about it and what I don't like about it, but I'm super stoked for all the, like you said, for all the Aussie people who, who the Aussie golf is has so much history, right? And there's so many great players and so many great Australian players and they got to see all their heroes. I mean, Leishman, Cam Smith. I mean, come on. I mean, that is so, all I'm their so heroes. Sorry. Those are two guys. 
Well, I mean, those are the two, you know. Those are those, the two guys, though. Yeah, those are the two main Aussie players, modern-day Aussie players. I mean, Cam Smith, head and shoulders above above anybody else, uh, everybody else. <clears throat> Excuse me. And obviously, and say whatever you want about Norman, but one of the greatest players of all time, for sure. And, you know. And, and a good businessman. He's actually yeah, a good businessman. He's a good businessman. I guess he is. They lost $900 million last year. That's good business. Yeah, am I complimenting him in the bad section of live no. golf right now? This is, for, okay. this is for us to hate. Now, yeah. the range goats, I don't know if you realize this or not, but Harold Varner III cost them that fucking championship. I didn't. I I fell asleep. I didn't see the end, but did I see something that he double bogeyed the, the he did. last hole or something? No, it wasn't the last hole. It was kind of towards the end. It was like the la- last three or four holes. All of a sudden, they jumped down two shots, and HV3 just absolutely choked it away. Gave up a terrible double bogey. I mean, it's tough to make double bogey out there, period. Um, and then Taylor Gooch. Taylor Gooch, they talk about how big the team aspect is, right? To this entire thing. They pump it up, pump it up, pump it up. It's all about the teams, which the range goats, I hate to do this to him because they're now my favorite team. I fucking love them. I love their logo. Love the pink and black. I love me some, uh, you know, (laughs) Taylor Gooch. That's Bubba Watson's team, right? It is. So you got Bubba, you got HV3. I was trying to think of the other one. Um, Peters. What's his first name? Thomas Peters. Thomas Peters. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've yeah, got Thomas. him and then they've got, uh, so HV three Bubba and then Taylor Gooch. And so they're my favorite team. I like them because they're kind of the underdogs, but they got the great logo and everything. But Taylor Gooch, man, if the team mattered to you as much as it did, yeah. you would not have come out and played the way that you did scared well, coming out as an individual with a 10 shot lead. I'm sorry. Well, I will well I will say this getting back to talking to to Kyle Bradley last week it, it's for the, the yes they're pushing the 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 team event because that's the only thing that's going to get popular for them and maybe keep them keep them on the well, map get them to people to buy yeah. franchises. But Kyle Bradley was telling me with these new with, with not all the money going to the players and the caddies like that's like the fucking yeah they say they play for each other and it's cool to win that. He's like it's now it's every man for himself because the big money's for winning, right? And Taylor Gooch got the big money at 4 million. I mean the four aces um what are they going to see? What are the players going to see? I know the caddies aren't seeing shit out of that. The players are going to divvy up a 25% of all these earnings, which is still a nice little, is still a nice little lick. But according to the a caddy that is on the live tour, it is all about individual now. Well, making, it showed. Yeah. It showed yeah, with Taylor sure. Gooch. Yeah, for sure. And then you've got fucking Pat Perez out there dancing oh. around like a, like windows 95 got w- relaunched again. I mean, I've Thank got, God I fell asleep for that tomorrow. Everybody go. If you're listening to this, go to our Instagram. There's going to be a story on there where you're going to have the comparison. And I got to tell you, Balmer takes the cake from Pat Perez because Balmer actually got some knee flex in and jumped yeah. higher during the windows 95 launch back in 1995. And you got Pat Perez to the right but man, talk about a stiff individual because he's got no real like ability to jump or move around. He looks like he's just like, well, he weighs 240 pounds. So yeah, that doesn't help. And it's and it's no, like five. It, but was it the same? Was it the same dance he did when they won the team event? Oh yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I mean, he goes right back to the broken record. Looks like an absolute clown out there. But the worst part was that it was only a putt. Like yeah. he made a 40 foot putt act like yeah. you fucking been there before, bud, yeah, because no these fans now what's hilarious is that and Pat doesn't know this because Graham McDowell, a few groups prior 
made the exact same fucking putt exactly. from the right. exact same distance and just right. lifts his putter up. Crowd goes wild, but there's right. not bottles and everything being thrown out. Right. But because of Perez's reaction, and right. a lot of those fans aren't necessarily golf fans, right. so all of a sudden they start chucking bottles thinking he just well, won the Grand Prix. Well, people that you don't realize that this is the first time that Perez has really been in contention to do something good in probably four or five years. So he probably had to take advantage of that situation. His blood like I said, act like you've been there before, bud, because yeah. poor Taylor Gooch, all of a sudden they got to clean all this up and Taylor Gooch has a birdie putt and yeah. he's only has a two shot right. lead at the time. They were paired so together. they got to clean right. everything up. There's dents in the green because of all the bottles that were thrown and everything. And it's like, dude, how, how much of a lack of etiquette and self-awareness do you need to have in order to do something like that? And like you said, I mean, he just didn't act like he's been there before. And then he almost broke Charles Schwartzel's hand. Schwartzel makes the mistake of like going to give him a high five and he just attacks him, just absolutely attacks him. And what's hilarious is that Schwartzel and they even did like a little segment the day prior about yeah. Schwartzel's injury on his right arm and shoulder uh, and how he's oh, going wow. through therapy and everything. Right. And he like was, before the rounds, about not playing. Yeah. yeah. About not playing. And so wow. Perez almost rips his goddamn arm off. Oh, it's he's, embarrassing. Dude, he doesn't, he doesn't fucking know, but he made a quick million. I will tell you that much. He made a quick million. And it's funny. I was reading this article that said that we talking about Gooch winning and Dustin's like, Oh, I like, you know, I like Taylor. He's a good dude, but I told him, you know, when we wanted at Durrell and everything, this is the last time you're going to be standing on this podium for the team. And now I'm thinking to myself, who get that? You know, these guys all knew that that all that team money was going away the second year. It was a gift. It was a gift the first way. I don't think Gooch really gives a fuck about winning the team things, to be quite honest with you. And he's got I don't think anybody play. does after I, don't think so I mean, either. especially what you were saying with the individual prize money being so much more yeah. and then the teams, you know, the team is making the majority of that and then can dish it out if they want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that whole the only thing bad thing for me is now Perez can't get relegated because I don't think he mathematically can finish in the last four, and that's really gonna crush my whole Christmas this year. <laughs> Oh, I was going to actually fall off the wagon and have a drink if that, that uh, fucker got relegated. God. I hear, I did hear from my caddy buddy too that he's just fucking running his mouth off on that tour like he always does. And sometimes he can say shit that he doesn't realize who's standing around him that could rub some people the wrong way that have a little bit more power than him. So, you oh, know, he, every, well, every week that Pepperez is making money is a good week for Pepperez. He, uh, he also got DJ misquoted because oh, really? he was shitting all over the PGA tour. Really? Um, and then the press came out, whatever uh, press was over there from Australia, uh, they reported it that Dustin Johnson said it. And then oh, Dustin wow. Johnson and his people had to come out and say, no. Wow. Well, Dustin there you did go. Not that's, say that. That's it's a, a liability. That's, that's the way that he's a lot. He's a hundred percent a liability. You mean Paparez was shitting on the PGA tour, the same Paparez at two Rivieras ago that said that the PGA tour was the greatest fucking tour in, a, exactly. in the world. And they've done so much for him back Pat Perez? I can't hey. believe it. Hey bud, public service announcement. You played yourself. Okay. You yeah. absolutely played yourself. Just, yeah. You know, shut it, it, act like you've been there before yeah. and just take your money and run with it, man. You're going to, I mean, I know it, it leaves as fast as it comes in, but yeah. Jesus, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Start to work on yourself a bit. <laughs> How'd the penny bets go last week and live? Not well, not well <laughs> at all. Not for me. Surprise. Okay. So first of all, your individual with our golf pit, golf picks, but louder edition. <laughs> 
Bobby with his fucking cheat code of C1 Kim at plus 14. Plus 14, Bobby. Plus 14. 64 over par in four tournaments. That's not easy to do. Do you want to know something about C1 Kim? I was talking to some players last week about him because I was telling them about our bets and that kind of stuff. They're like, who you take? I go, I've been taking C1 Kim. He's like 50 over par. They're like, did you know he was a fucking stud at Stanford back in the day? Like he was an unbeatable, like he was supposed to be the next best thing. And now he's 64 over par and he got me a thousand. He got me a thousand pennies and it's my pick coming up, but we have oh, one. Hang, other. hang on a second. <laughs> See, you got you didn't even know they were in Singapore. Now you're fucking blindsided. You shouldn't have taken that first pick with John. I, um, I, I really <laughs> need to just pull this up. I'm going to start drinking right. heavily. So I get to this. pick for I get to pick first on the worst player. Hang in on, hang on, hang on. Are we 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 really have to still do the individual because? But this is live golf bets, but yeah. louder. <laughs> You got to get the segment right. It's golf picks, but louder. Louder. I'm sorry. It's okay. Are you scrolling through the field? Because it's the same field. I am. I'm trying. (laughs) I get to pick. Hang on. So, and then the team, which again, you won that one. I made just the biggest brain fart of all. I, I, I think I got something going here where if I don't actually pick like the team that finishes last or the individual, I end up picking like somebody that actually almost wins and the range goats almost pulled it off to where I picked yeah. them to finish last. Yep. I, but I, you'll remember from last week's episode that I forgot Thomas Peters was on that team. Yeah, you did. And I'm yeah, like, you shit, did. you did say that. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you credit and, on that, but you stuck with, and your he pick plays out. well over there. I, st- I stuck with it because you know, once you make a pick, you make a pick and your well, iron's heads, you, you, you won that one. Yeah. We're yeah very Cause well I think done. that Kevin, even though Danny Lee stumbled in somehow one in fucking Tucson, that fucking team is fucking pathetic. Kevin Nas got so much money. He doesn't even fucking care about playing fucking golf anymore. He's got C1 Kim to fucking deal with. He's got to go, through that nightmare right now danny lee didn't play any fucking good last week either so they finished 10 so i swept you for two thousand pennies which matt the grand total now is you are only up two thousand pennies and i will go back three weeks ago and you were up nine thousand pennies and for all of you people that don't know as soon as somebody gets stuck ten thousand pennies there is a hundred dollar venmo Bobby's on a goddamn heater. He's on a fucking heater, folks. He's at the horse track and he is picking all the trifectas. Vanillas, exactus, trifectas, superfectas, pick six. (laughs) I fucking got the winner of every fucking race. So I'm going to step right into another winner in the individual. I am going to take, let me look down my list. C1 Cam (laughs) definite last. That is so fucking Daniel. So goddamn fucked. Who you got? Scott Vincent. I don't even know if he's playing this week. They're playing. Uh, no, I know, but uh, is Andy Ogletree playing? Is no, he back no, in? he's in the, he would be an alternate. Yeah, yeah. An alternate. but you don't want to take Ogletree. He's actually good. Yeah. I, well, he's he, twice on the Asian tour now. The he live finished, He tour. almost finished dead last in uh, not. No, he didn't he, play he, in Australia, but he uh, did play in the Orlando. Water. He yeah. beat nine or ten guys. Come he on. finished forty third. Well, we did. Yeah, oh. it's okay, Bobby. You know, yeah. we all have a moment. Um, I am going. It's a big thing in my life. <laughs> I am going to go with. Fuck, man, this is tough. I just I'm going to go with Jedediah Morgan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
good news is, is you get to beat you, but now the bet goes, now the bet goes back to you. I don't know how you got to fucking pick first. In no, week. I don't get to pick the teams this week. It's I do pick. too. Oh, I get to pick the teams yeah, too? Yeah, because you won. You you picked the Ironheads. You know, I'm such a great creature of habit. Oh, Ironheads again, back oh, to back. No. Good for you. Good yeah. for you for sticking well, to Well, I know guns. you ain't picking the fucking range goats because you love their black and pink colors. I do, yeah. I'm not picking them again. We got Bubba Watson. He fucking careered last week, shot up and finished 11th, 1,200. That's fucking careering for him. You know what's crazy? What? We were, you were just talking about this earlier. Do you know who plays on Torque GC? And they are not my pick this week, but I was just looking at the standings, and they're actually second right now behind the four races. Yeah, 52 points. Who's on their team, Torque? Fuck if I know. I don't either. All right, so let's take a look. So Torque has... Oh, man, where are these teams? Here we go. So the Torques... Hang on, I'm doing work as I'm... uh, Oh, it's Joaquin Neiman, David Poog. We've yeah. got Sebastian Munoz and uh, Mito Prara. Okay, oh, so they're, yeah. they're not bad. Yeah, the Latino. I was just wondering about them before yeah. I got to my actual pick. And then I wanted you to st- think that I was going to go. While you're looking at that list, who's on the Stinger? Because they're 52 points, too. They're tied for second the season deal. Who's on so the So that's where you have Charles Schwartzel. You have, um, hang on, let's see. Louis Ustehuizen. See, I'm still getting used to the teams and like who's on yeah. which teams. Yeah, Louis, Louis Ustehuizen, Burmester, Grace, and uh, Schwartzel. So that's a okay. good squad. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good squad. So I am going to pick for my golf picks, but louder for trying to get last place here for the teams. I'm going to go Gleeks. Gleeks GC. Gleeks? So who's on the Gleeks, we are going to have. Oh, Martin Keimer, who's he's he's had some struggles since coming back from surgery. Richard a, Bland, he's gonna feel big really mouth. embarrassed uh, heading into Singapore. And then it all comes down to whether it's Laurie Cantor, Graham hey. McDowell, or Burned Weisberger. So well, Weisberger can't cut a fucking white, can't fucking finish inside the top 40. What the hell? He was a ball striker for a long time. I don't Too know much what's money. going on there. 20 or 30 million guaranteed. Lot of, lot of, lot of drugs. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Um. So we also, well, that pretty much actually sums it the fuck up here tonight, Bobby. Leaks versus Ironheads and Seafong yeah. Kim versus Jedediah Morgan. Jedediah Morgan. Get them Man. horses in the barn, Jedediah. Can't wait for Singapore. Here <laughs> we fucking go. <laughs> I get to watch Mexico and live. I don't think I'm going to watch live again to tell you the truth. Oh, like, yes, you are. Yes, they you went back are. To Australia, no, just I watch the final day or do me a favor. Just watch the highlight video that they come out with after each round. I can't because I'm preoccupied. We have the season ending soccer tournament in Myrtle Beach for the <laughs> nine, eight, nine and 10 year old. Oh, division. man. Should, we hard. might have to get back to our uh, weekend review with Matt and Bobby because Bobby, I got to tell you, man, I have some angry patrons at the lads at the Shads. They are not happy with me at all because guess what? Your boy is starting to get into form here. Oh, I, I, good? I, I've literally in the past like 72 holes, I think I am right about even par. Um, and I have not been making a lot of birdies either. So there's been a lot of greens being hit. And when you're throwing a lot of pars, I think the, I think the birdies hurt less. 
Yeah. And that the pars, when you're just making par after par after par after well, par. Well, you, you are playing with very good guys if your pars are winning holes. That's for sure. Oh, they are, Bobby, out oh, there at I the Shats. I, I, I got it. Well, okay, we got to get back to the weekend review, but I got to tell we you do. a funny little Siwoo, Siwoo Kim story um, from last week. It's a quick one. It's just Oh, fun. please do. Totally oh, I'm in. I got a little bit of booze left. So, you, you know that um, uh, um, uh, it was Saturday and I was talking to him while he was putting. He's cracking me up, right? He's so fucking funny. And um, he turns around. You know, he wears the, the he wears the clothing that says PGA Tour on it, but yeah. it actually doesn't have anything to do with the PGA Tour. It's not that really? like Tour it's just the PGA Tour, Tour brand. Like, no, what the deal is is some uh, some a young rich uh, Korean lady who is a famous designer over there bought the rights from the PGA Tour to put PGA Tour on the logos. But guess what was on the back of his fucking shirt? A gigantic P. Okay, and a picture of the seventeenth hole at the players with Siwoo putting on it, <laughs> and he wore it on Saturday. He probably asked <laughs> for it. He turned around, and I just couldn't help myself. And I go, "Yeah, I players champ, bro." And he turned around and he just put his thumb to his back like this, and he goes, "Right there, dog." <laughs> if you don't love Siwoo Kim, you don't love personality. Right there, dog. We'll never oh, see that's a great fucking story. I want oh, that, to, man. You know, I didn't have the heart to do it, but I fucking, it's very rare that I post anything on under Bobby Brown Golf under my yeah. Instagram. It's extremely private to only 366 people. It grows a person every week, like somebody like, oh, so and so wants to follow you. And then I got to Google them up to make sure they're not fucking related or they know Paparaz <laughs> or they're from the Scottsdale area because I don't want to deal with that bullshit anymore after fucking four years. <laughs> But I got another fucking quick story for you. I wanted to take a picture of it and post it. I players champ, bro, on my Instagram, right? But I didn't, I didn't have the heart to do it. But another quick, another quick little funny interaction that I had last week. Charlie Hoffman is Mr. Focus out there, but he's he's the shit talker and he's got a fucking and I'm close with him and he's got the greatest fucking sense of humor. And he's sitting there putting and he kind of looks up at me and smiles. And I smile at him. And I'm like, what's up, Chuck? And he comes over and he goes, you want to know something? And I go, what do you got, Chuck? He goes, don't you think it's ironic that Pat Perez fucking tried to get you off of this tour for four years and now he's off his, uh, and now he's off of this tour and he just fucking walked away. I've never seen Charlie and he's got a very distinguished laugh. You know, it's Charlie Hoppin and he just fucking cracked up for like fucking five minutes. And I'm like, you know what? I never thought about that. I tried, got guy, guy tried to get me off the tour for four years and now he is public enemy number one. So take that fat bad. You made a million <laughs> last week. Congratulations. 600,000 after taxes. You got to pay H. Well, you're probably paying H only 7%. So mm, that money going to go fast. See, I never judge anybody before I, I actually did. like meet them or like have an interaction. Oh, but when he sent that guy. message to my wife, I realized yeah, how big of a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Because <laughs> he judges everybody. I'm, I mean, I've heard from several people about yeah. him, particularly that know him, like know yeah. him, know him. And it's oh, yeah. just, nothing's good. Nothing yeah. is good at all. So send him a box of pull hook golf hats to his house. Find out his address. Oh my gosh. I, I actually can do that. So that would be awesome. Actually, awesome. here you go, audience members. If anybody would like to donate money to buy a pull hook hat and have it be sent to Pat Perez on your behalf, yes, happy to do it. Happy Perfect. to do it. Just send me a DM on Instagram and uh, we'll get that done. 
All right. There you go. So that wraps up episode number 59. It was a fucking great episode, Bobby. I got to say. I love it, man. Look forward to it every week. Every Tuesday at about 6 o'clock when I'm eating dinner, uh, Lori's like, um, uh, you sleeping on the couch tonight? And I'm like, I got to do a goddamn podcast. I fall asleep from 8 to 9.30 and then I have to set my alarm for the podcast. And I'm loving it every week. What episode (laughs) number was this? 59? 59. Holy shit. 59er. How far we've come. Come on, people. Watch on you. Watch on YouTube. I want to get over (laughs) 4,000. You love the YouTube numbers. Bobby sees the YouTube numbers. He he doesn't see the podcast numbers on the back end, but he definitely sees the YouTube numbers. Spirits for Christ's sake. Oh, it's delicious. I've been drinking it the entire show. Thanks, Bobby. All right, Matt. Have a great day. We'll see you next week with the roundup. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to season two of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more.